Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wild Pickups. Hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs, uh, a lovely special edition. Jared, what is this tonight? This is Recording at Home 101. Awesome. Jared loves the 101s, as do we all. Uh, we've got a special guest tonight who's going to help us out on on this quest to find out how best to uh, handle your recording needs at home, no matter what your setup is. We're going we're gonna to go through a couple scenarios, several scenarios, and talk about some really cool gear that can help you be awesome. Isn't that right, Eric Marrow? Yes. Yes, it is. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Uh, Eric Marrow, former guest and uh, general awesome guy. People, uh, where you need to go f- check him out. So, Eric, where can people find you? You can find me on YouTube. It's youtube.com backslash Eric Marrow. I'm also on Instagram at Eric Marrow. And then I also have a new page that I started, uh, Lefty Guitars Daily. Yeah, I saw on that. Oh, awesome, man. That, that, uh, that new channel... Mm-hmm. is all right well thank you i think you j- you guys just got canceled yeah right prob- we, we left <laughs> oh. Yes. oh that's very good jared wait <laughs> nice nice parlay there that's uh, right all right oh did tony oh, no. bring it home <laughs> all right um this is Jeez. The remainder of the conversation. Yeah, so we have lost our direction. Uh, no? Okay. No. Uh, no. All right. <laughs> that was fun. That was pretty fun. Uh, my face kind of hurts from smiling. I appreciate it. I miss you guys. Uh, group hug. Group yeah, hug. we haven't seen each other, uh, all three of us together in months. Yeah. It's not been super fun. So can't wait to get the band back together. Yeah, right. Uh, soon it's gonna. I, I I feel like it'll happen soon. So, uh, anyways, let's get on with this, shall we? We need to thank a few people, or not to. Well, yeah. Well, let's thank them. This is the announcement. Let's thank a company. Yeah. Let's 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 yeah. thank a company. Road. Road. No. Oh. <laughs> that one harmonized. That? Jesus, yeah. we we're off to a start already. It's a barber shop. Um. <laughs> Uh, Road Mics, thank you so much for providing the Roadcaster Pro, our beautiful machine that we get this done with every week. We love it, and we're so appreciative of it, and you make some dang good stuff. And also the Procaster Microphone. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. You're yummy. Get in the voices all good and goody. That's pretty, sound like, I'm pretty sound sure like that's what right it there. says on the box, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the studio. yes, uh, much thanks to Rode Mics for supporting our show, being uh, just making awesome stuff. Uh, please go there, check it out. If you are interested in doing your own podcast or just recording yourself at home for any particular reason. Hey, uh, that sounds like a podcast I, that we're going to do. Yeah, it might yep. be. Oh, hey, look at that. Except we're not going to cover this part. Oh yeah, but that's okay. Anyways, uh, go check them out. Road mics, and now let's talk about what we did uh, for our uh, music world this week, guys. Okay. Well, how about yeah. Tony? Where then we'll uh, hop over to Eric. Okay. Well, <laughs> since you put it that way, so this week I have been uh, working with my good friend Jared Brandon. 
That's me. Brandon Wound Pickups on uh, his uh, hum canceling P90. Um, this is for our screen top pickups project. And a while back, he had put together a, a one for me to try out. And I popped it in one of my guitars in the neck position, and it sounded great. So he put in a, a full set together and one of his guitars that's a dual P90. Popped those in. Neck sounded great. Bridge. Eh, not really so thin. It's just the volume was too low. Yeah, it just it just didn't quite cut it. No. So we went back and forth a couple of times. Um, so it really was noiseless. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was just not a pleasant noise. It, it, it just um, wasn't enough. So uh, I think what was it? Third try, Jared. I think we got it. Got it pretty well into the into the ballpark. So. Tony actually had a Lindy Fralin noiseless uh, P90, and I analyzed that, and I did not copy exactly what he did, um, but I did kind of my own spin, but with around the same parameters, uh, so it sounds good, because Lindy Fralin is probably, in my opinion, the best P90 guru pickup guy uh, out there that exists, so... I thought that was smart to kind of see what he did, and then I uh, found out a way to uh, do do it my way, but yet have it right at the same time, and that's that's what I finally achieved. It's 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 been a while since I kind of uh, got to say, "Oh, I did it!" But uh, yeah, but yeah, I think, we, I, think uh, I think he 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 did a great it. job. It sounds the way that I wanted it to. We've got. Uh, three sets going to a customer in Australia. We got a, another set going to a buddy of mine. So um, I'm satisfied and uh, proud to send these out. So thank you, Jared. Good job. Right and, uh, and thanks, Lindy, for the inspiration. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Also, real quick, I want to say I got to test your uh, Jared's noiseless Jazzmaster pickups. Yes. And those sound incredible. Like I, I also had one of your traditional Jazzmaster pickups which is, I think I just don't really like the traditional Jazzmaster sound because it's super spiky. Yes. But but even with your noiseless pickups, you get all of that like nicer upper like high end, but you still you get no noise, of course. Right. So if yeah. your P90 is anything like that, then yeah, the, yeah. The beauty of 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 the the P9 or the hum canceling P90 is it still has. I won't say it sounds exactly like a P90, but it's still it, it keeps some of the uh, the bite and the grit and the and the overall tone again without the without the hum. And that's mm. you know I think it's very similar. I have a set of Jared's uh, Jazzmaster uh, noiseless too, and uh, I think I think those are really good pickups. So this is I think on par with that. Awesome, thanks, Tony. Eric, how about you? So uh, I've had. Just like most of the past past weeks, this week has been pretty busy. Um, I'm doing a lot of demo videos. You know, I, I just finished up one for the Junipero from Xander Circuitry. Alex was just on the show. Mm -hmm. That is a super in-depth pedal. I did um, the Frost Giant Mountain. He, Eric was also on the show. Yeah. Um, I just had a podcast release with the Tone Jerks, who <laughs> again were on the show. Uh, tons of tons of stuff. Um, you know, I, I just had a video on the Teletalks channel where I made, I got to make a, a four pedal pedal board. That was cool. Cool. Um, 
Instagram, I'm posting on there constantly. Uh, Lefty Guitars Daily again. That is that is my new venture. That's been growing pretty fast. And then, probably the most most exciting for me is that I had I got to take part in uh, a collaboration project with like my favorite guitarist ever, whose name is Fred Mascherino. He used to play in Taking Back Sunday. Mm. Uh, he did like a quarantine collaboration where he recorded the skeleton of a song and said like, Hey, if you want to contribute to all of his fans, uh, go ahead. So I, I recorded some guitar and it made it into the final, wow, final that's release. Cool. Yeah. And that was just released on Monday. So tons of stuff. <laughs> I'm wearing nice. a lot of hats. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh that's a common thing amongst uh, many of us. So yeah, that's, that's very cool. Lots going on. Um, yes. Jared. Oh, yes. So, um, it's been a very exciting, fun-filled week for me. Uh, some ups and downs. Uh, I'll tell you a small downer. Um, yesterday I was working in my shop, minding my own darn business. And, uh, I get a, I get a PayPal notification that I just paid $900, for an in-store purchase at a FedEx on the West Coast. Oh my! <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're welcome, somebody in the West Coast that compromised my credit card number. Wow. So, so you know, uh, uh, I knew I was going to get the money back, and yeah, it's just a hassle to have to, you know, re uh, calibrate the number with the things that you know monthly bills that yeah. come, you know use that number. And so I call the thing and I tell them like, eh. and then I call them back. I'm like, can I help? And I said, can I help you catch the person? I, you know, I would almost just rather catch the person and see them get punished than get the <laughs> money back. <laughs> you know, what? I'll, I'll let you keep the money. If you just show me that he's going to jail yeah. or whoever it was, but uh, a really cool thing. Um, I'm lining up a trailer. Well, hang on real quick. Uh, I know a lot of our business, your business, anybody who's selling and buying stuff, which is includes an awful lot of gear these days online, yeah. just do the, the, the two-way uh, identification, the two-factor identification thing where it's like, oh, you're about to make this purchase. Is this you? And it sends you a text. No. Yep. Yep. Click, bang, you're done. Just do that. Everybody, just make sure you do that. Yeah, I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to minimalize the because it's linked to my paypal I, I i'm thinking about just not using that and just using a credit card instead just getting a credit card with a just you know because that that's it's the credit card company's money that gets stolen not mine out of paypal yeah, yeah. you know what i mean i think it would be easier to deal with the credit card mm -hmm. and the two-way thing that you're talking about too I, yeah i i think i want to do it's just just to alleviate the hassle and to discourage the thieves yes indeed Cool. Cool thing. Cool thing about this week, uh, we I'm lining up a trailer to go to John Fennell's recording studio, pick up that one inch reel to reel that uh, Tascam, and uh, we're taking it up there. I thought I'd mention that. Uh, I'm taking it up to my buddy. He's going to build a recording studio, but I thought I'd mention that uh, because of tonight's topic. Um, but uh, finally, I'm going to get that thing out of the studio, and Todd's going to help me. Loaded up. Yeah. Well, tomorrow morning. See how that goes. Saturday morning. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I got a ramp. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's all good. Sure. Nothing. That's about it. How about you, Todd? 
Well, uh, for me, we're getting back to the, we're actually getting into practices together again. So I, we're, we're trying to do a, a, a safe distancing kind of practice thing. We have a big enough space where we can do that effectively. Uh, it's a lot of summer travels are over. So going through, uh, I had a, a nice writing kind of like blitz where just a whole bunch of stuff uh, ended up coming out and, and everybody responded really well to it. So they're very excited to start playing some of these songs that, that I put together and uh, really uh, looking forward to that. So I just kind of going sifting through that and saying, Hmm, what are, what is really worth tackling and spending time on? So that, that's been kind of fun just going through clips. And sometimes, you know, when you re you, you, you throw down your iPhone and or whatever phone you have and you hit record and then you're like, that was cool. And then you come back to it two weeks later and you go either that was really cool or it's like, goodness sakes, what was I doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I didn't have any of those, uh, you know, cause <laughs> yeah. you know, there's always a couple stinkers, but the funny thing is the way that I, I name my, uh, riffs in batches. Uh, so if I have a particular run, um, I like, I'll name them all kinds of candy. Uh, like this one's snicker bar and this one is uh chico stick, you know, or this one's jolly ranchers. And then sometimes it's like meat dishes for, cause those are fun to say, uh, you know, and then, uh, I'll have, uh, like really old timey desserts, like grandma desserts and stuff like baked Alaska. <laughs> so it's true. Uh, so, so when we go, when we go to the whiteboard, it's, it's like baked Alaska, uh, Snicker bar, roast duck, and <laughs> so it looks like a menu, but it makes sense. That's how it works in my head for some reason. Wow, that's I think fast, you should, that's I fascinating. Think you should make one that uh, the name is Grandma Desserts. Grandma that's Desserts, yes. Yeah. Well, it's better than one and two, and you're like, well, which one was one? Is there, are we on two or three? Which one's, well, you know, it's like a mess that way. So, and it's more fun. They get a kick out of it. So one of my think, favorite ones right should, now is I, called Banana Popsicle because I love banana popsicles. I think you should change it over to, to a binary system. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'll get right on Solid. that. Uh, this is typically where we would drop the four on the floor, which we're not doing. We're bypassing that tonight because we have a lot to talk about. This 101 is really exciting and it, it's very timely because we are all kind of stuck at home and hopefully a lot of us are hitting... Uh, you know, creative patches because there's not a whole lot else to do or, or you're just finding more time to spend with your, your instruments and, and just your musicality and stuff. Uh, so uh, it also is in, in that same instance, it's, we're not, we're not playing. Most of us aren't playing crazy loud stuff in giant rehearsal rooms or on stage, anything. So that forces a different dynamic on how we're actually playing in our house. And uh, so we're taking some of those dynamics and we're going to uh, approach how one might record, you know, depending on what your setup is. So, and things that you might need to make it even better that aren't going to break the bank. I will, I'm happy to say when Eric and I were kind of going over this agenda, we realized like, except for like one thing, there's nothing that we're talking about over 500 bucks. Yeah, that's pretty cool to basically be able to just you know you could record an, an entire album off of that. Yeah, 
Yeah, so, and it's all like great quality stuff too. Yes, this is not this is not the cheapo bin of stuff. Um, where you know because it that's that's just going to come out in the wash if you're recording. So where it's it's good stuff. You're gonna it's gonna make sure that you sound as good as you possibly can. Um, and I'm not saying that this is for someone who's going to re- record an album necessarily, but it's just a great way to capture your creativity or or do something else with it even like demoing and stuff so all right um eric we're going to go get something to eat you just take it (laughs) over here and um we'll i'll just edit it later nice i've got the outline so (laughs) perfect (laughs) okay um let's just create a scenario let's do it you're in a room (laughs) okay let's just say that you're in a room and you've got your guitars uh, and you have a computer, okay? So at bare minimum, you got a guitar, a guitar cord, and a computer. Now, uh, you want to just talk about uh, what, what, what you might have on the computer really quick? For a lot of people, if you have a Mac, you already have GarageBand, and that's one place that I tend to, to suggest people start is what you already have on your computer. Now, on PCs, it's a little bit different. I think there are... I know that there are free versions of other softwares like um, Pro Tools, I believe, has a free version. Um, so we're, we'll want a DAW of some sort, a digital audio workstation. Yeah, so a digital audio workstation, in case you don't, and even if that's not registering, it's basically just an app on your computer. Yeah, and it lets you record the audio signal that you're sending into the computer. Right. Okay, so in GarageBand... If those, for those of you who are, who are not familiar, maybe you don't even know you have it on a computer. You have plenty of cool like pedal options and cabs and amps and all that stuff is already on there if you're going down the Mac path. And if you're going down something like Ableton or something like that, you know, all of these things accommodate to a certain degree. Um, there are limitations as with anything else, but that is a great ground place to start. If you're a little bit more advanced, you might have Logic, uh, Logic Pro on 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 the Mac, um, and that will also take care of a lot of that. Um, it's a little less on the on the play part. Uh, I think uh, GarageBand is a little bit more of a maybe a playful area. You might say it's it's primarily for fun creativity. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes trying out all these different amps, like you said, and pedals very, very easy. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's honestly, that's a really great way to kind of get a good understanding of what those different type things do because they're all modeled off of very well-known things. So yeah, it's a nice exploration. So uh, in order to get your guitar sound into that, you need an interface. Yes. Yeah, and an interface takes your analog signal, it converts it to digital, and then sends it into the computer, usually via USB. Um, On older computers, it'll be the normal USB. On newer computers, it would be like a USB-C. Yeah. Now, the the interface is basically, it's just a little box that'll sit on top of your desk. Um, There are, uh, we've got, there's two primary ones that are kind of out there, Eric. Yeah, the... I think the one that I see most commonly is the Focusrite. Uh, I believe, Jared, you said you were using a Focusrite. The Scarlet. 
Yeah, the Scarlet series. Yeah, yeah. it's got two inputs and yeah. um it's and, got some bells and whistles in it. Uh when I use it this interface for GarageBand, there's a button on here that says 48 volt. That button is off, but when I use it to podcast like right now, I turn that 48 volt on and then it it works. So and that is phantom power if anyone doesn't know. So in I some yeah, and so in some microphones, generally condensers, they need yeah. more electricity, more signal to flow through them. Sometimes microphones get around that by putting a battery in the actual microphone. Yeah. But but generally it's you have an option to to turn on 48 fan, uh, 48 volt phantom power. Right. There's also an instrument button and an air button and I have it on the air button. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Did you read the manual? I know. I know no. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I like. Yeah. I, I just like pushing the buttons and just making it work. Just figuring it out, man. That's yeah. my whole life. That's just fair. Push buttons and see what they do. So know? what's what's interesting about the input? So Jared just mentioned two inputs. Now on on so there's the uh, the Focusrite Scarlet. It's a red anodized box. It's very recognizable. I think it's around like 249, something like that. So that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a PreSonus, uh, P-R-E-S-O-N-U-S. Uh, no, S-O-N-O-U-S, something like that. PreSonus, you'll, you'll figure it out. Yeah, um, it's blue. Yeah, and it's it's blue. And uh, uh, so basically what what is cool about these little units is that while it only has two inputs, those inputs are dual purpose so you can plug a guitar jack guitar go- a guitar jack a guitar cable into that into the center or an xlr you are correct <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know if you wanted to <laughs> add anything <Yeah>. there <laughs> yeah and that lets you have a, a, a even more flexibility because you can then you know if you have a microphone which we'll talk about later or a guitar cord you can mic up your amp or, you know, sing into it, record yeah. vocals just like you guys are for this podcast. Or you can plug your guitar into it. Yeah, that's true. In fact, uh, I remember at one point in time, I had a guitar in one and I had a bass in the other so that I could, I, I was like using both of them to record two parts of a song. And instead of like stopping and undoing everything, I was just like, there you go. Wait, so were you recording guitar and bass at the same time? I'm pretty good. I don't know if you understand <laughs> that. <laughs> no, I, you know, I had the bass off to the side, but it was still, pl- you know, it had the cable and it was plugged in. I had the guitar and I was playing and I'm cool. Uh, that was really neat. I'm going to do the bass line. I just pick it up and then switch the, the uh, input track and boom, off you go. Nice. Yeah. So I think that's a great point to get us on to the the simplest way and sort of like the least amount of equipment that you need because just like you said you were plugging your guitar and bass straight into each channel you know of the the interface and then inside your DAW you can then record a dry signal if you want or you can apply amp simulation speaker simulation or or put pedals on it you know right and then that way you can get a whole bunch of different tones without you know, without any extra equipment. Yeah. Well, and, and like we said, this is under, uh, it's about 250 and under to to do that. And you can get them even cheaper than that. Now, granted 
there are certain features on there that you're going that are helpful, like levels and meters that will make sure that you're not clipping and stuff. But those two, the the ones that we that we just talked about, are kind of like the the market leaders in that area, and they're very reliable. They've been around a long time. They're very well established. Uh, you can get them anywhere. Sweetwater, I'll send it to you in like in an hour. Well, no, not really, but brew it really quick, and you'll get the hard candy. Yeah, uh, um, that is a nice touch, by the way. It Thanks, is a nice touch. Yeah. Uh, so is the no tax in a lot of places, I think, if they're still doing that. But uh, anyways, that's a Sweetwater show. Never mind. Um, the other thing to take note of, we're talking about recording. But honestly, that is a if if you're in an apartment, you can you can rock your heart out and no one will ever hear you. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you and, don't and have to be recording for some purpose. You can just play. Yeah, you can just use it to monitor. And like we talked about before, I think it's a great way, like let's say you're thinking about buying a pedal or thinking about buying something. Uh, you can sort of emulate different things. So like if you wanted to, if you were thinking like, oh, I wonder what an octave fuzz would sound like, you can recreate that with an octave fuzz pedal in your s- software. Yeah. Or you can put an octave on and then a fuzz pedal yeah. and just hear what you like. Yep. And then we're actually going to get into some, uh, you know, no, granted, there are limits to some of the just inherent easy entry stuff. But, you know, when you were talking about, you, do I want to play a, a fuzz pedal? Okay, cool. I can choose the fuzz pedal or one of two or three. But some of the other things we're going to talk about, I mean, it's like you have a whole store at your fingertips. You have like almost the entire Sweetwater with some of these things that we're going to talk about. Uh all right, so at bare minimum, you've got a computer, you've got a guitar and a cable. All you need is an interface. So that's how you can get rocking um, to your heart's content without a whole lot of hurt on the on the old wallet. And that that's going to carry over for a lot of these different situations that we're talking about. Yes, which is why we wanted to address it first because that is a super integral integral part. Of recording, yes, almost everything actually that we're going to talk about, except for except for two things. So, um, all right, so great. Now you're like, hey guys, I already have an interface, and I actually have other stuff too. Um, or actually, uh, why don't we say, uh, why don't we just talk about uh, maybe you don't even need the interface because you have a one of these two amps. That would be like a practice amp. So if you have a Fender Mustang or a Boss Katana, or or some other variety of different practice amp, or digital, digital amp. Digital amp, yeah. Yeah, digital amps. A lot of times, those amps have USB ports on the back, so you can just run them directly into your computer. Correct. And you don't even, I mean, just through USB. Yeah, through USB, and you can bypass the interface. Um I do have a Katana and I actually prefer using the record out because it has a dedicated uh, speaker simulated line out of it that I can then run into my interface. And I've just found that it gives me a a stronger signal that I like better than running it directly in USB. Mm, That's yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Has Uh, anybody tried to play this or anybody checked out the spark? I, I, that ad is on Facebook. Every oh, that's, five seconds. That's the positive grid one, right? I don't know. It's just a yeah. spark and somebody's rocking out on it. Okay. I see I, it every five minutes. It's crazy. I, yeah, I haven't I haven't tried that. 
but my fiance's cousin just got it and he texted me. He was like, dude, it's awesome. I love right. it. <laughs> uh, so no, you bring up a good point. We're now that's, let's just set something straight here. Everybody. We are not saying that the things that we are mentioning are the only things out there. We're just referencing some of the, some of the more familiar, more tried and true, uh, more top of mind type things. But there are, you know, for every one thing, there's like five others that we're probably not going to mention. But the point is, as long as you're considering something within that set, it'll work for you and, it, and it'll do the job. Um, speaking of those two amps and any other thing that might be along those lines. Um, yes. You have, yes. you have, uh, <laughs> you I like, want to say, did you like that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have a processor, uh, that's 10 years old, 15 years. Well, it's about 10 years old. And, and I plug that into my computer and that pretty much worked as, as an interface. So oh. if you have an old processor laying around and you don't, you know, you don't have any money, uh, and that's some, in some people's cases, you don't have any money. Um, that'll work too. You know, at least for ideas, if you can't get a good tone out of it. But uh, I, I've done that before. In fact, I did it about three months ago. What do you mean, a processor? Uh, an effects processor, an effects board. Oh, okay. Like a like a Digitech RP five hundred. That's what I have. Um, uh, and I that worked for me. Interesting. Amazingly. Yeah. Well. Um, so there, there's a little tip from Jared. So like if you happen to have one of those multi-effects pedals laying around, maybe that'll, uh, I'm not sure how that works, but uh, I mean, I know how they work, but I don't know how that works in this scenario. But if he did it, I trust that there's a way. Yep. Uh, now, what's interesting, just really quickly about those those digital lamps. I mean, Eric, what, do, what can you get a Katana for? Yeah, I think when I got the Katana, it might've been 200 bucks. But since even since I bought it, a couple of years ago, they've released a version two, which means there are a whole bunch of version ones on sale used. So I, I honestly don't know, but you can get it well, well within like a hundred to 200 bucks, I bet. Yeah. And then if you want like a, uh, uh, you know, a, uh, you can get an MK2, which is the, you know, the new one he's talking about. The one by 12 is about 350 and uh, a 212 is about 469. And you can actually go gig with that too. So knock yourselves yeah, that, out. It, and that's another thing that like we'll we'll sort of get onto like dual purpose things in a little bit, but that's that's one piece of equipment that can serve d both purposes. Like when we can play shows again, yeah, you know, you can totally gig with the. I, I think even the fifty watt would probably be loud enough to gig with. Yeah, that's fair for sure. Um, but now, you can also then go direct into board too. Uh, if you you know if it wasn't. You know, yeah, supposedly loud enough so you can, you know, if you have a good monitor system, that would take care of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Tony, speaking of that, uh, all of the all of these amps that we're talking about right now, um, whether it's the Katana or the Mustang or some other one, um, they have, they also have different amps that you can choose within there, and effects. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a modeling amp. So if you say, "Hey, I want to on uh, on this song, I want to play a Marshall." Boom, uh, they got foot switches. They got all the different you know ways to uh, get those things. I want to play a, a Fender Twin. Bang! You just hit a button. You got it. So mm, okay, well, they, they're approximations. Yes. They, they, <laughs> yeah. Well, clearly, yes, they are approximations. Granted, but we're saying if that's what you have, 
That's yeah. a, that's a bonus. So going directly into the board, you have a lot of options. You're not just playing through a dry amp. You don't have right, to do that. Right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. And uh, the katana's just to go into it a little bit, the katana's a little bit different. It's not modeling any other amps. Um, but it does have different effects. So like you can send effects to the front of house too mm-hmm. without even needing like any pedals in front of it. Now I be- I believe the Mustang from Fender does do the modeling of different types of amps. Yeah, all so the major all the major amps. I have a uh, the second round of Fender Mustangs before the last one, which I think some a lot of people consider a bit of a stinker. But um, <laughs> the you know the previous ones have Voxes and Marshalls and every Fender amp you know. And yeah, it's it's not like if you hit the silver face, you know pick your silver face, it's going to sound exactly like this, a, a, a real one sitting next to it because there's more to it than just the amp part. You got the speaker, you got the tubes. There's all kinds of stuff going on in there. But it is to get you to a place where it pretty much will get you there if that's what you have. So, yeah. uh, and we're still under 400 bu- We're still under 500 bucks. Now mm-hmm. we didn't set this up as like, Hey, we have to keep everything under 500 bucks. It's just something that we noticed. We're like, yeah, this is kind of cool. You know, you can, you can have a fantastic guitar life this way for under 500 bucks, almost, almost totally across the board. I'm going to make a shirt that just says, have a fantastic guitar life. <laughs> Please do <laughs> for, for under $500. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be on the back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyways, that, is just you, your guitar, a digital amp, a digital combo amp, you know, mm-hmm. um, and your computer. That's it. So that's kind of sweet. Now, super sweet. What's the what would be the next scenario? So, a lot of us, like we were talking about, we're in a room, generally a small room, like I am right now, and <laughs> generally. Like with people on the other side of the wall, neighbors, essentially, you know, up, upstairs and downstairs. So I live in an apartment. I, I do have a katana, but I also have other combo amps that are tube amps, you know. So we can move sort of into what if we have a tube amp already that we don't, we don't really want to get another amp because we already have an amp. How can we then use our tube amp to get our signal into the computer? Right. Now, one of the big reasons that uh, I started talking to Eric about this was that I know he did that, you know, your your episode on on YouTube. And one thing that I did like about that, and we've talked about this many times on the show, is like there is a huge range of people that play guitar and that listen to the show. There are people who have been playing all their lives and they have, you know, the world's greatest gear that they've accumulated all your other life all the way down to someone who's just got a guitar and maybe doesn't even have an amp yet so or maybe they're not even they don't even have a guitar yet i mean maybe there's people who listen to the show that are in that boat um if so i would love to hear from you um and the cool thing is that about the guitar world and the guitar community is that hey if you if you're interested that's good enough. We can talk. We can be friends. Let's have a good time. So 
when I, when I typically see stuff about like, Hey, here's how to record your tube amp. It's like, first you're going to need this, you know, $500 ribbon mic and you're going to drape it down the front. And it's like, well, okay, I, I don't have that. So now what? And Eric's initial, uh, uh, show did that. So I was like, Hey, cool. Yeah. Let's take this, uh, let's take this uh, a little further here. Yeah. It's it just like you were saying, there's so many different ways to get great sounds, especially these days with all the technology we have. It's, it's awesome to talk about and explore all these different ways. I mean, I have that, um, you know, universal audio ox. I've got two of them, but we're anyway. going to get there. Big boy. Slow yeah. your roll. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, what is the next scenario? So I think the next scenario would probably be you have a tube amp that you like, but you can't really turn it up because, again, you're in an apartment. You're in a basement where you can't wake your the rest of your family. You can't annoy them. But the sound that you want from that tube amp is it cranked all the way up, you know? So, like, how can we get the sound of that amp into our computer and sound good. So, well, the first thing you need um, before you even turn it up is you got to just, you don't have to have a $500 ribbon mic. I mean, you know, sure, it was going to sound nice, but what can you use to just capture the sound in a way that is going to work for us? So the basic, the most like ubiquitous mic is probably the SM57 from Sure. That one, like, if I mic up a cabinet, it's it's with a 57. <laughs> Honestly, I haven't tried anything else. Yeah, yeah. And you can find those all day on like Reverb or even new from Sweetwater, wherever you want to buy gear from for like 100 bucks. Yeah. And that's what they use live as well, don't they? Most, yeah. most venues, yeah. that's what you're going to get in front of your, in front of yeah. your speaker. Um, one note about that, though, I think I just wanted to touch on this because it does come into play um, not, uh, well, mic placement, right? Yes, mic placement is very, very important. It is, and it is also worth playing around because important doesn't mean there's only one way to do it. So Definitely. you it, it, take the time and try, you know, put it right on the, right in front of the cone, put it uh, 45 degree angle so it's, so it's paralleling with the, the side of your cone. Put it towards the edge. Push it, you know, put it right up against the grill. Pull it back a foot. Figure out what, what sound you like. You're, you're the master of your own guitar universe. Just take the time to do it. There's not a right or wrong way. There are better ways that might be able to, to get you to certain sounds you want. But that's what you have to figure out. And what's interesting is... In virtually every scenario we're talking about, whether it's the um, uh, the computer DAW or, or digital audio workstation or, or app, we'll just say, just say app. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the digital audio, it's, it's your app, whatever app you're using, whatever. Um, y- you have the ability in many of these cases to play with not only different kinds of mics, but but distance and positioning. It's really quite cool to play around with that because it is shocking how different your sound will be as you're doing it. And a perfect example of that, even without a mic is like sit in a chair in front of your amp. Okay. Wherever you are or or stand or whatever, but just make sure you're getting as much. So it's not, you know, hitting your knees and your ankles, right. To get Mm -hmm. a a really good understanding of the sound. Maybe you just sit cross-legged and play whatever. 
sit directly in front of it. Sit just so you're a few feet to the side of it. You're going to hear a completely different sound, even though you're the same distance from it. And yeah, that transfers into a mic, which transfers into what people are hearing. Absolutely. And <clears throat> sorry, uh, one thing that I like to, I guess the, a starting point or a general like way to describe mic placement is a lot of times if you place a mic directly on your grill cloth pointed at the speaker in the very center of the speaker is going to be the brightest sound. And then as you move out towards the edge of the, the speaker, it's sort of like rolling off a tone knob. You know, you're cutting high frequencies, you're emphasizing low frequencies. So the, ch- the sound changes drastically, even within moving the mic an inch. Yeah. So, and, and side note, once you do find that place that you really like, that's where you might want to mark it on your grill cloth, or at least know where that is. So when Mr. Man comes up and mics your amp, you say, uh, no, 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 I got to angle it, you know, in towards the cone or I got to move it out or, you know, you, you do that. You get to do that. That's, that's what you get to do, <laughs> but know where that place is. So you're, you don't, you know, it's stupid if you show up to a gig and you're like, well, I guess it's all good. And, and everybody is standing in front of the amp going, oh my gosh, this sounds terrible. You know, <laughs> fix it. You can do it. Have you, have you had that problem, Todd? Uh, when I was listening to you play, it was really, I wish I, I, I couldn't find the sound guy, but yeah. I wish I could have. <laughs> Anyways, no, I have had that. Honestly, anyhow, there's that. Hey, don't, don't put your mic on the amp head if that has a baffle. So yeah, there's, like the, there's no there's speaker the, there. Yeah the, yeah. the picture of the, the sound tech, like Miking yeah. the JCM 800 head. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. So funny. <laughs> So anyways, that, that's just a, a, just a basic into, you know, setting up a mic. It, you don't have to be, if you haven't done it before, it's not, uh, it's not super difficult and play around again, just figure out what that is for you. Yeah. And that's, that's the most basic way to get uh, a tube amp sound into your computer is to mic it. But like we were talking about before, especially from my stance, I'm in an apartment, so I can't turn up. i I essentially can't make any sound for mm-hmm. fear of my neighbors saying, Hey, you're not allowed to make that. I'm calling the cops or, right. or the apartment or whatever. Well, so and, that, and not, not even for let's, so volume is one thing, right? Mm-hmm. But why might you want to get that volume? If you have, if you've got like a really nice amp that just has that sweet sound, once you hit like four on the volume or whatever, yeah. you're not going to get that. If it's, if you're stuck at one, it's just not going to make the sound that 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 those driven tubes make, no matter what. You exactly. have to get it up to that volume to 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 actually get some of that um, pure drive. Tony, anything to add there? You're kind of a you know you know this stuff pretty well. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean there's and there's certainly ways around that, whether it's an attenuator or something like you know uh, Jared's ox, or there's even been other things that pull the voltage off, yeah, and uh, you know allow you to to basically attach a mic cable to it, almost like a DI uh, coming off of that. So, yeah, I mean, there there, is, there are sweet spots for amplifiers. Um, and if you're in a situation where you can't turn it up, then I think your only alternative is to uh, find whether it's an attenuator or something like that to keep the volume down or a head, you know, be able to use it with headphones. Right, right. So 
You just mentioned Jared's ox. Um, Jared, I know you're dying to talk about your oxes. Would you like to talk about those real quick? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah, let's just skip over that. It's yeah, not interesting. Whatever. It is oxen when it's multiple. Yes. <laughs> I have two, so I have an oxen. Uh, I have a oxen. I love it. <laughs> I do. I have a oxen. I have a dog. Uh, two of them. So, so yeah, uh, you know, when you're practicing and you want to use your, you know, JCM 800 with your four 12 inch, you know, your cab or your full stack, use the ox. You can uh, turn the volume down and it's not a dial. It's not a fine tuned dial, but I think there's four or five uh, different volumes you can turn it down to and then just adjust the volume on your uh, amp unless it's dimed, you know. But um, another thing that I used it for, which was mostly for home recording because i mean my wife's usually at work i crank the thing up and you know make myself go deaf but uh for recording i did use it i i have a uh a 1973 uh mark ii 100 watt uh jmp marshall yes yeah just just for those who don't know like the the alphabet soup you just spilled out right so it's it's an old marshall and it's been modded so it it has a gain stage inside, and uh, I haven't gone inside to look. I wouldn't know what the heck he did anyway. But um, so I used the ox with that into you know into my um, focus right into GarageBand, and I think I could have skipped the focus right. I don't remember, but. I remember that I got a sound out of it that was so clean and so it sounded really good. And I went to get that same sound to attenuate through the speakers later on. And I couldn't, I couldn't get that same exact same sound because the ox has the mode where you're not even using the speakers and it's, and you can choose what it sounds like from there. So you have all these different modes. So you have a big advantage uh, with the audio, you know, uh, solutions or whatever. I forget what it's called. The Ox. Yeah. And it's really, really super handy. Um, But yeah, I I couldn't get that exact same sound, but it still sounded really great. I mean, it still does the job, but maybe I should just get different uh, speakers or try it through a different cab. But no, w- with the recording, it, it was just a phenomenal tool. Yeah. It, it's the best sound I've ever gotten s- thus far on my own. Hmm. Awesome. So I do, I do recommend those if, if you can find them used or, yeah. I mean, they, they are super durable. I, I was in a hurry uh, two weeks ago and I kind of, and I hooked it up wrong and there was smoke <laughs> com- coming out of the top of it. Oh, never, no. never good. And, and I was like, <laughs> and, and I smelled that weird electronic burn smell. And I'm like, no, 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 no. What am I doing? You know, it's my $1,300 thing. And yeah. uh, I, I corrected the way I, you know, plugged it in and I turned it back on and it's as if it never happened. I mean, it's, it's an amazing durable machine. Yeah. And so, so just to summarize what we've been talking about, this this type of setup is taking the speaker output from your amp and running it into something 
that's called a reactive load. So essentially, it tells your amp like, okay, hey, you're plugged into a speaker, you can make all the sound you want, and you don't have to blow up. And then from there, you can either choose to run it to a speaker cabinet for attenuation, like the aux does, or you can simulate speak different speakers and different microphones and then send a line out from the contr- the reactive load that has been simulating the speaker into your interface which you can then record high quality audio with and and like Todd said before we are only going to cover a couple different pieces of equipment that are expensive and the aux is definitely one of them Right. But, but there are also plenty of other options too. I mean, the Ox is the Cadillac. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. You can, you can find others that are, you know, a lot more affordable and yes. don't have as many features and uh, don't recover from plugging them in wrong like Jared's. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But but there there's plenty of other options too. Yeah, and and one of the one of the best like affordable options is from Two Notes. Now they have a couple different ones. Um, they have the Captor which is a more affordable version where you can attenuate and it's reactive load and you can also attenuate if you want to, but you can get a line level signal out of, I think it's rated up to like 120 watts. And then they have a new one where it's the Captor X and you can, you can do all the things in the Captor. So you can plug your tube amp into it and then you can load in IRs, which are impulse responses, which are essentially without trying to, go too much into detail it's a picture of an amplifier miking a specific speaker with a specific cab you know so you can run your signal through that ir into your computer and get all that you know high quality audio into your computer without breaking the bank i think that one is maybe six hundred dollars the captor x yeah yeah and there's loads of uh, the uh, speaker simulators out there. Um, yes, we'll, we're gonna we're gonna touch on we're gonna get on the fringe of that here in a little, in just a, a couple of minutes here. But um, it, the nice thing about that is that again, whether you have you know uh, a '70s Marshall stack or you have a uh, you know a Fender Princeton that you want a goose. Um, neither one of those is really going to work very well in an apartment or, yeah. or, you know, or even just for your own ears in a room, it's just not good for your ears. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you can still capture your actual tone without having to feel like you might be sacrificing by choosing, uh, uh, uh an amp or, a, or a cab sim to do that. So there are ways to actually do that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and that was the only time we're really breaching that 500 mark. Uh, significantly, I might add. But, <laughs> but hey, if that you know, if you if you've got a you know a, a two thousand dollar plus amp, and it's just sitting there collecting dust, might be worth yeah. it. You know. Yeah, for sure. And and like Tony said, there are affordable options. But also, I wanted to say, Jared, you will appreciate this. I have the Ox as well, and I run it with my Rocket Retro RR100, which is a 1959 replica uh, Super Lead. Oh, yeah. In my apartment. And I can do that silently. (laughs) Nice. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Final scenario that we we cooked up here. And again, people, there are innumerable scenarios. But generally speaking... 
innumerable uh, That's right. scenarios. Say it one more time. Innumerable. Uh, uh, scenario. <laughs> I don't know. That's, um, yeah. Um, now I'm all thrown off. I'm um, sorry. It's <laughs> my fault. Inconceivable. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyways, we are just selecting very probable scenarios for, for most anybody that might be listening. We're, we each fall into one or more of these, of these scenarios. So, um, the next one being, I don't, I, 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 I like my amp. It's great for gigging or I'm kind of over an amp. I want to explore either way. I need to get that signal from my guitar to my computer and I'm feeling a little adventurous. What are my options? Eric Merrill. Okay, you've got a few options. I'm going to run through them real quick right now. Uh, um, So like if you have a pedal board, I think this is what we sort of all fall, well, maybe not all of us. A lot of us fall into the fact that we have pedals that we like to use in front of an amp. You know, we have different drive pedals, modulation. Um, one thing we can do is we can use our pedal board. So maybe maybe you're in the situation where you get all of your sounds from a pedal board that's running into a super clean amp. So really, the amp doesn't matter, essentially, because it's just clean. Um, you can put you can run your pedal board into either uh, a speaker simulator pedal or even an all-in-one sort of like amp cabinet and room pedal and then out to your interface. Right. So we're going to cover on a couple of those. And and these are not, uh, you know, w- these aren't one-to-one um, comparisons, just so you know. So we, we picked a couple that kind of cover a, a few different um, uh, options for you. So let's let's run through those. Oh, and the upside of this scenario is that if you take it to a gig, you know, you can sound fantastic as well. For sure. Yeah. And so I think it would be best if we start at sort of like the, the most, what you see is what you get pedal. And that in, in this instance, we're going to talk about the Strymon Iridium, which is three different amps. I believe it's a Marshall Fender and Vox into three different cabs that you, you have the choice between all these things. And then you have a room dial so you can dial in more room sound or less room sound. So your, your whole signal, your pedal board, if you put this at the end, you're, you're running your whole pedal board into this amp. And then you can choose to run that to front of house, you know, like if you're at a gig or you can run it directly into your interface and record yourself playing. That's pretty sweet. And it's, that's about 400 bucks for that thing. And it's from Strymon, so it's like, even when you sell it in, you know, five years, if you want to, you're still going to probably get about that price. I mean, they hold their their own really, really well. And what is interesting about uh, the Iridium, while you're not going to get your full pedal board, it does have drive on it, which is kind of nice. Yeah. But for all intent and purpose you want to have your sound, which is, you know, your reverbs and your delays and your overdrives, et cetera, et cetera. But this essentially covers your amp and your cab in one box. Um, 
The only thing that it doesn't have uh, is an a, uh, an XLR out. Yeah, so the Strymon, I'm, I'm not sure if it's stereo or mono, but it has two quarter-inch outs, or it has one or two quarter-inch outs. Yeah. Um, but super simple to use. I mean, crazy simple, and it sounds excellent. I mean, they don't put out not excellent sounding stuff. That's that's they're also on their website, I believe. Yeah, did they quote you on that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah every, everybody does. Duh, I, it's on their new T-shirt. <laughs> they're stealing my idea. Yeah, I yeah, it's dropping like you know, dropping like gold out of my pocket. Pocket. Um, but you know what is interesting is they do have a, a knob on that called uh, room, which is really neat because that gives you that great almost like sometimes if you're playing with. Um, with a reverb, you can kind of get like a sense of a room. And this gives you a sense of a room as far as where the mic is at, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And and I think they made that specifically for a room sound. Like there there are different types of reverbs, of course. If you have a reverb pedal, you probably know that. But like when, you, when you're recording, when you're miking something, as, as you start to pull the mic back from the speaker you introduce more of the room that the speaker cabinet is in. So you hear the reflections off the walls and everything. And that room knob is sort of, you know, essentially moving your microphone, your digital microphone out of the pedal, Mm -hmm. you know, back in space. So you hear more of that, that room reflection and reverb. Right, right. Now, also, hey, let's say you don't have a pedal board. You're just getting into things. You got a guitar, you got a computer, and you have an interface. This thing will get you to it as well because you just you got you got your amp you got you can have these tones in a in a single box, um, and then you can put all your effects in once you're in the computer if if that's you know that's an option too. So yeah, absolutely. And it's like you said, Strymon makes great stuff, you know, and it sounds awesome. I've listened to a whole bunch of demos. <laughs> sounds great. Yeah. So one thing that we mentioned that the Strymon doesn't have that might limit some people is an XLR out. Now that means that you'd have to take an, a, a quarter inch out. It's not really that much of a limitation, but sometimes it's nice to just run an XLR from a pedal into your interface. And just to be clear, if you've gotten all this way and and you don't know what an XLR is, it's okay. Because we have not really explained that, and that's uh, you know we apologize. Yeah. So an XLR, mm -hmm. it's a microphone cable. So it has um, the ends are not the small like guitar jacks. They are bigger, and inside you can see three different prongs. Whether it be you know the actual three prongs or the holes that they go in, Mm -hmm. and it carries a I believe it's a shielded signal. Boom, Tony. Yes, that is correct. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you may continue. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, and and aside from that, XLR cables are what's most commonly used in recording. And that's why all the interfaces that you see, or you know, the majority of them have XLR inputs on the front and back, you know, because well, that that's, is... Yeah, and the, and the, di- the main difference is that... Uh, you know, an XLR cable is meant for a low impedance circuit versus a quarter inch, which is typically high impedance. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's always a, uh, at least in the recording world, low impedance is always better. Yes. 
And and that sort of lets it be like run into amplifiers, right? A little bit more or a little bit easier? Well, you know, I, I think that, you know, if you looked at the, some of the, you know, even some of the Gibson guitar models that had low impedance pickups, they were meant to really be plugged in directly into a, uh, into a, a mixing console. Okay. Uh, and so there's a, there's a lot of uh, models that have both low and high impedance and high generally goes into an amplifier. Um, so it's balanced versus unbalanced, you know, high impedance, low impedance. Uh, but generally speaking, from from recording side, low impedance is is probably the better way to go. Right, and we're not going to go deep into impedance because that's a that's a fifteen minute conversation. Even though it should only be about five, but we've done that before. So, if you don't know what that is, you can definitely find out really quickly on the internet. Google. <laughs> yes. Um, so, anyways, what is our next sel- selection there, Eric? Yes, it, elaborating on the the want for xlr we can plug our let's say we have a pedal board we can instead of plugging into something like the strymon iridium which is an amp in a box or an amp in a pedal we can then instead plug our entire entire pedal board into a speaker simulator essentially and then that will give us an xlr out to then take into our interface such as the there are again uh, there are a ton of them the most common ones that i know of are the two notes cab m that's a new one the gfi systems have a model called the cab zeus they have a stereo and a mono version and then i believe new neighbor has the iconoclast yes i think is mm-hmm. that is their their speaker simulator correct mundo and i believe the two notes actually has amp modeling in it as well to a degree yeah, exactly and that they just released a firmware update where if you plug it into your computer you can then manipulate a bunch of things including like we were talking about earlier maybe you don't understand what the mic placement like translates into you know difference in sound you can see they, it yeah exactly they have a, a a visual interface that lets you just drag the mic across the speaker and then you can translate that into what you hear and then determine what you like that's yeah, also that's in cool. GarageBand too. You can see that as well. Yes, yes. And and just like GarageBand in the TwoNotes software, you can change different types of cabinets and different types of mics and and rooms even. You can dampen rooms by putting rugs down. Mm-hmm. It's really, really cool. Um, now that TwoNotes thing is kind of interesting because uh, I think specifically there's there's a lot of hype around this uh, a lot of uh pros and people who are inter uh, interacting with a lot of gear a lot of demo people are like this is r- really something pretty awesome and the cool thing is it's like 320 dollars. yes yeah it's they make again they're another company they make great stuff at an affordable price and it gives you so much versatility to just try new things and and even if you know what you want, you get great sounds out of it. Right, right. I was watching. I was watching Jay Leonard Jay, who I th- I actually find very entertaining and very informative. He's on YouTube, and uh, the guy's a, a fantastic guitar player. He has loads amazing. of experience, oh and uh, is and his and his stuff is always super informative. I never feel like uh, he's talking over my head or. Um, 
or talking under me either, you know? So, yeah. uh, it, it's, it, he's got a great review on this. If you go check that out. And what was interesting is I've talked about this on the show before where I'm essentially saying, gosh, I wish I could have this amp sound and this other amp sound, but bringing two amps to my shows, like that's kind of a bit much. And, um, it's a little hard to manage those two sounds if I'm being mics and stuff. So one thing that he said that he did was he, he'll, he'll have his cab mic'd, um, and he'll, he can also send a direct out from this two notes thing. So he's basically running two different amps. I was like, oh, that's cool. I like that idea a lot. Yeah, and that's that sort of harkens back to what we were talking about before. It's like it's awesome to have that gear that's dual purpose where you can record with it, get great sounds, but you can also gig with it and get practical uses for it in a live situation. Right, right. Okay, so that takes us to the next one, which this is the last one, everybody. And this has been brought up on our show a time or two. We've had a lot of requests to just have a show about this pedal. I'm not even kidding. Um, we're not going to do an entire show on this pedal uh, at this point. Maybe that comes someday. Who knows? Maybe we get somebody from this company to come on and talk about it. Uh, but what pedal is this? It is the HX Stomp from Line 6. Right. <laughs> and it's kind of almost, uh, calling it a pedal is, <laughs> you know, at, it's, it's stretching it's a it a canvas. Bit. It's a canvas to paint your guitar dreams. It is literally everything in a box, <laughs> except the guitar. I mean, honestly, yeah, yeah. it's everything in a box. And guess what? It's under 500 bucks, people. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> um, so let's talk about this really quick. Eric, uh, well, first, before, before you d- do a deep dive into it, one of our uh, closest, dearest friends, Drew Foppy, uh, when he was on on our on the last episode that he was here, he went into great detail about this pedal on his four on the floor. It almost became the HX Stomp show, <laughs> but yeah. uh, but he you know he ha- gave us a ton of great information. If you want to hear that episode, just get, go back to episode one sixty nine, and you can hear a lot more than we're going to talk about as far as all of the possibilities and effects and everything. Um, and there's loads of fantastic reviews and demos online. We are just speaking not from a what can this thing do, but specifically what can this do for you to get your signal to digital and a few other little goodies. So take it away, Eric. Yeah, so the the Line 6 Helix, or sorry, it's in the Helix line. So there are multiple different versions of the helix we're talking about the hx stomp which is a pedal board friendly unit it has all of the effects of the helix line and the amp simulation so what you can do is you can use it with other pedals if you want or you can just run your guitar into it but then you can sort of sculpt your customized signal chain so inside the pedal you can you have i think it's six different spaces to then add you know, a drive or a reverb or a delay. And then you can even add amp simulation and cabinet simulation. And then you can run that out of the pedal into your interface. Aside from it just going like, hey, it's got an amp and you can plug it in. Um, there are 300 plus on board amp 
cab and stomp models. Um, Which is crazy. Yeah, and you can you can mix and match and customize with that all that too. That that's those aren't standard. You can, you know, it's sort of an infinite amount of things. And what we were talking about earlier when we said, "Hey, I want to try what a fuzz pedal sounds like." Maybe you're not as familiar with a fuzz. Maybe you've only got an overdrive. We were all there. So yeah. everybody who's going, no, you've been there. <laughs> okay we started everybody starts out you know small or somewhere or just haven't tried things there's plenty of things i haven't tried um now in this i can it, it we mentioned in garage band it's like you can try like maybe two or three different kinds of fuzz here you, i mean you can try an entire store's worth of fuzz pretty much um or delay or reverb or overdrive whatever it is and every amp that you can possibly think of is likely in here so it's loaded to the to the you know to the nines absolutely and and also i just want to say like you've had drew on and jeff schroeder from the smashing pumpkins who both endorse this right so like that and joey kellio okay yeah yeah exactly and so that should give people like the, the legitimacy of it sounds great so like the sound quality isn't a, a determining factor here. It's the fact that it has so much that you can do. Um, I know Jared would like this. You can, so you could do parallel signal chains, or you could split your signal into to stereo, you know, and then run into two completely different amps. Heck yeah, or the same amp, but actually in true stereo. <laughs> right. <laughs> two of you the could same do that amps. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, the, really, the limitation that everybody is, is like the HS amp. Now, the only limitation is there are six what are called blocks. Okay. So that would be, you know, six different options. It isn't that you can choose, have any of those on board at your pedal clicking pleasure. You do have to set it up and say, these are the ones I'm going to use within these six possible situations. Yeah. And, and that sort of, I think that lends itself to working with your existing pedals, maybe. So, like, you can set up, um, you can set up a different style of amp with a reverb, maybe, and you mm -hmm. can still use your 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 physical drive pedal on your board if you want to, because you like the way that sounds. Right. Exactly. Um, so, uh, and you can also just send it out dry if you want. That's fine too. Yeah. The big thing is, it's got a bunch of different ways to get it to digital. Absolutely. So it also has, the, the HX Stomp also has stereo inputs. So if you did want to run a stereo signal through it, you can. It has stereo outputs. It also has, to, to alleviate the need for an interface, you can run your signal out USB, I believe, because it has a USB port on it. Mm -hmm. And then you can also, you can hook it up to your computer and then you can further design your signal chain in you know on a bigger screen with a more uh, convenient interface. Yeah. Yep. So direct from your pedal board to a computer. Pretty sweet. So and again, it's under five hundred bucks, and you have basically everything you want. And, and the the weird thing is when you start looking at options, this says oh it's got one hundred twenty six uh, presets. You're like, mm, that sounds kind of low. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe you're saying that. But the thing is, honestly, if you're gigging you really only have one setup, <laughs> right? You have your pedals and your amp. That's the setup that you're bringing. So 
just the fact of having more than that by one is better. So, something to consider. Also, this is, I, I've seriously considered getting one of these because if your amp craps out for any reason or you th- there's some uh, issue, you know, on stage, uh, you know, the guy's, well, I don't have another mic, it's not working, you know, that I've actually had that, so I've had to goose my amp. Yeah. Um, this will allow you to, to, uh, to bypass that. So that's, it's kind of sweet. Yeah. You can, you can go straight into the front of house with this. Again, you can design your sound like in the comfort of your own home. You can record with it to make sure it fits into your own songs and then you can translate that into the stage. Yep. All right. Ooh, dogs, we've covered off on an awful lot of areas and hopefully everybody finds this very helpful. Um, you know, it's made me reconsider a couple things. Um, and actually maybe not just consider also, how about that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyways, uh, we welcome your questions and comments on that as well as Eric, if you want to direct those to Eric, uh, you can absolutely do that too. So, yeah. Uh, this has been really fun. I think it's uh, I, this is this is an episode I would have liked to hear as an as an up and coming guitarist or even somebody who's just kind of in the middle and and trying to figure out you know how to handle things, especially in this time and place that we are in right now um, in our That's lives. Do it, yeah. So, uh, Jared, absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. After this nice, long, awesome 101 that I love, we're going to do my little segment called Would You Rather? I got to bring up the Would You Rather so I can read it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to love this this, uh, Would You Rather because it's about time machines. You got to embellish a little bit. Love time machine scenarios because I wish there was one. I don't want to interrupt the space time continuum. I've got one. I've got one down at the shop. Well, I'll be there next week. Okay, cool. Actually, can I, can I set this up and then you can take it, Jared? You go right ahead. All right. So you visit Tony's shop because you're getting a pick guard done and you're in there and you're like, well, you kind of got to drop a deuce, Tony. Where can I, can you help me out when I'm, you know, you're making your thing? And he says, uh, sure, go in the back, uh, take a hard right at the at the thing that doesn't look like a bathroom, but it is a bathroom, and don't bother shutting the door because it doesn't work, and neither does the light, but just go ahead in there. And you're like, oh, thanks, that's going to help me out quite a bit because, you know, this could be problematic if I don't take care of this. You continue on with your uh, pick guard making, and I'm going to be in the back. <laughs> So you go in there and you and you're like, oh well, I guess I'll just go and you flush, and all of a sudden, boom, and you're in a time machine. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh. So would you rather go to Fullerton and test out the first broadcaster with Leo Fender, and you know the broadcaster eventually becomes a Telecaster, just you know, so everybody knows, or would you rather? Go to Kalamazoo, Michigan, and be there when Les Paul and Gibson developed the first Les Paul, and you get to play that. What Ooh. which would you rather do? Mm. Very curious. Mm. Very curious. So uh, this would be 
I guess the the broadcaster would be the uh, well, you know, probably like 1948. Yeah. So the, so the snakehead. Yeah. As it was affectionately known. Sure, sure. Which trend, which then went into the no caster. No, went into the broadcaster, and then Gretsch sued Fender. Well, that's what I said. Is the broadcaster. Right, but then they had to clip all the decals, and those right. became no casters. That's what I was saying. Yeah. So Just the like broadcaster became the no caster. So, oh, how about that, Tony? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> what else would you like that, to that know, never Todd? that never happens okay right. <clears throat> so uh that is you know there's not a ton of change from the telecaster we still know and love today i mean very little yes uh so you'd see the genesis of that happening mm. or as as jared mentioned so which which would have been that that first one that, that so that you know we can put sort of a uh, an well, image to that. I guess we could just say early 50s. Yeah, would that be 52, I believe, the first one came out with that that mm-hmm. ugly tailpiece? Yeah, the wraparound goofy yeah. bridge. Yeah. Right, right. That's a, and, and that would it. be like and, a gold? That was yeah, a gold I think it's, it was yeah. all gold. It was all, wasn't the whole thing gold? Mm, it might have been. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, the, the neck and the back of the headstock. And that's but. the uh, cream P90s? Yeah. Of yeah. course. Oof. Yep. That's, a, that's I mean, what they use. That's a pretty guitar. You've Everybody. learned a lot. You've learned a lot over the years. I Tom. have. I really have. Thanks to you, Tony. I mean, I'm, I'm, I say <laughs> that, I say, well, both of you guys, I say that genuinely. I truly uh-huh. mean it. And I tell everybody that will listen that I, that, that I'm not even joking. So thank you, both of you. All oh, right. Sure. Let's figure out what we want to do. Cause everybody's done listening to us blabber on at this point. So Tony, what are you doing? Well, you know, gosh, I mean, as as much as I would like to have a chat with Leo uh, in Fullerton, th- that particular model was extremely crude. I mean, it was meant to be a relatively inexpensive guitar, although it was expensive for those days. But you know, it had the bolt-on neck, so it was it was a working man's guitar, working person's guitar, and. Um, I really think that I would have rather gone to uh, to Kalamazoo to uh, hang out with Les and uh, and the Gibson gang up there because I mean you know the the very fact I mean that model was a reaction to what Leo was doing in California because they wanted a solid body instrument and I think they put a lot more time and effort into it, even just the finish work on it, you know, making it, you know, gold. That meant that was their new, new high standard mm-hmm. versus, you know, what, what the snakehead slash broadcaster slash telecaster was definitely uh, a lot more crude at the time. So, I mean, given, uh, yeah, I, I just think that, hanging out with Les and the Gibson boys, uh, I think that would be my choice. I think it just, I think it'd just be a, a better experience, I think. Okay. All right. Jared? Um, as much as I would love to go back to Kalamazoo. Um, He's just going to say would, the opposite of what I said. <laughs> well, and, and here's why. Because if I go back in time to Kalamazoo, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go mess with all the winders and, you know, <laughs> mess with everything else and I'll screw something up and I'll, I'll change the course of, 
of history of Gibson and you know, I'm afraid it won't be as good if well, I everybody screw it up. was real small back then, so you'd probably like bump into something and mess it up. <laughs> yes, yeah, in in Jared's world, Epiphone would own Gibson, yeah. right? <laughs> They'd all go running, and then you'd have the whole factory to yourself, <laughs> right? Yeah, I would screw something up at Gibson, so I'd rather just go to Fender and screw something up that Leo did. And I would hide, I would hide the styrofoam cup that he wrote his name on, so he would have to get a new cup. <laughs> And waste it because that's what he's known to he he saved everything and he he didn't waste anything. I mean, he wrote his name on the coffee on the styrofoam coffee cup to reuse it the next day. Um, yeah, I I I pretty much I, I want to go to California. Sounds good. And hang out with Leo. I just he's not a guitar guy, but I would love to just uh hang out with him and and kind of and you know kind of get a feel for for how he was you know as much as i i'm just gonna go with that because to me either choice is just would be amazing there i don't think there's a better one you're not gonna hurt anybody's feelings they're right they're both there's not a better choice in my opinion so i'll go to where the weather's better (laughs) Ah, Uh, eric how about yourself uh i think i'm gonna have to follow suit with Tony and go hang out with Les because I've always been more of a, a Gibson fan than Fender. I do like Fenders, but also I just would have wanted to see Les play. Oh, he was amazing. Yeah. All right. Okay. And you and you could have encouraged him to make more left-handed models. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I would have played it upside down and say, hey Les, what what's the what's the deal? Give yeah. me lefties. <laughs> How about you, Todd? Well, I'm going to disregard the hanging out part, and I'm going to go straight for the guitar. Um, I would, I, I think it would be kind of special to be there for like the the incarnation of, you know, I guess rock, you know, and and modern music, whatever you want to call it. Um, that was the the thing that started it all, which. Um, you know, it's the Model T of of cars. So I'd go talk to Leo and uh, and just kind of hold the thing that that ignited everything, really. Well, see, I'm going to disagree with you because there were plenty of rock and roll players at the time, uh, i.e. Bill Haley and the Comets, who used Gibson instrumentation. Sure, no, sure, I know. So you're saying that, you know, Fender was responsible for rock and roll, but uh, I, I'm I mean, not saying Fender was responsible for rock and roll. I'm saying the Telecaster was respo- was responsible for like like modern rock. Like the the that's that's the thing. That's the it's the the tiny little engine that it has hardly changed. That's what I'm saying. Mm. <laughs> I saw I I saw a lot of pictures of blues players playing those big old Gibsons. Sure, mm-hmm. that's not what I'm talking about. I'm gonna, that's I'm gonna go one road. step. I'm gonna go one step further in an argument and say that actually the precision bass was more important to the development of rock and roll. Oh than, yeah, than yeah, the tele, than the Telecaster. Yeah, because sure, in the old days, commercial. Yes. Yeah. All right. How about you can take that and shove it. 
Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> You're not allowed to use my time machine. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. My my point simply is just that, like, if if you if you go down through like all the way back then and all the way back now, uh, without you know not looking when Les Paul jumped in, you know, with the with his model, mm-hmm. this you know historically you just go and bang, 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 bang. All these guys are playing like that one instrument. And, and again, with almost no change. And I'm not saying that there's other guitars or that they were solely responsible for it. But to me, that's, that is a, that's kind of like heart of, of the, 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 like the first real beat to me. That's what it means to me. This is, this is my choice. So, well, I thought what would be cool about yours would be to see California orange groves as they were back then compared yeah. to what it is now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Growing up there. Yes. Uh, anyways, so that's that's what I think, you know, because uh, I think it's attached to so many of my of my guitar heroes and and uh, sounds that uh, that that have moved us. Um, this one thing consistent all the way through. So. Don't cry, Todd. I don't. I don't want to upset. I'm going to talk about it no, no more. <laughs> Anyways, um, that was a great one. Thank you, Jonathan Jerusik, uh, Grand Poobah, you. for sending that in. Oh, oh, JJ sent that, huh? That yep. is correct. All right, we're going to get out of this thing that we're doing. Uh, this is an extra long one, everybody. We thank you for sticking around. We have to thank a few people. You're right, Todd. There is a special group of people we have to thank, our executive producers. Now, some people might be wondering, what's an executive producer and how can I become one? Here's what I want you to do. You go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs and you'll find several levels in which you can participate and become a sponsor, a patron of this very podcast. Now, each level comes with some great Thank you gifts, things like barefoot buttons and T-shirts and and keychains and stickers and, and all sorts of fun, 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 fun things. Giveaways. Oh, I forgot about the giveaways. Yes. But executive producers get all that great stuff. And one more thing. And what is that, Jared? You get to have your name read on the thing. Your name read on the thing. So that's what I'm going to do. We'd like to thank our executive producers. People like Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff, John Daly, Chris Kearney, Darren Gregory, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zant, Ken Sayers, Brian Robison, Michael Senchuk, Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, Anthony Lanthrop, John Anglin, Tyler Bray, Brad Partridge, Chris Heidel, John Esterly. Tim Nowak, Doug Gann, Justin Jones, Brett Alexander, James White, Matt Hart, Liam Martin, James Pennington, and Richard Kendall. Oh, yes, a new Mr. Levi Maine. Welcome aboard. Hey! But wait! Don't stop me yet, Todd. No, I'm not gonna. There's a special group of people <laughs> of our executive producers we like to call them our grand poobas, and these are the patrons a la creme. They wear fezzes and stuff. 
they 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 do wear a fez, and I believe by law, while they listen to the podcast, they must wear their fez. That's right. So, special special thanks to these grand pubas, Jonathan Jerusik, who also gave us that lovely "Would You Rather," Corey Nigro, David Kaminga, Cody Lane, Cody Foster, Sean S. Yes. Tommy Manasco, Mark Garten, Christopher Marshall. Adam Johnson and Steve Keys. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much to all of those supporters. It means the world to us. It keeps these episodes and much, many more. All the muches and many's keep coming. And uh, we greatly appreciate you. Thank you so much. Uh, Eric Merrow, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you? Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Um, you can find me again on YouTube youtube.com backslash eric marrow you can find me on instagram at eric marrow or on instagram at lefty guitars daily awesome awesome uh, tony baloney where can people find you just go over to pickguardian.com that's the best place you can see some of the stuff that i do i have some stock items that i sell but by and large most of what i do is custom work so just shoot me an email there's a link on the website let me know what you need uh, we can go back and forth a few times and I will get you the information and take personal good care of you. Right. And make sure you go to a shop and go to the time machine. Don't ask about the time machine. <laughs> you really don't want to go in there. Uh, Jared, how about you? So, yes, I don't have a time machine in my shop. However, what I do have are new pickups that look old or just new pickups. Um, that look new. If you work. That's right. If you're working on something and you're like, ah, I just don't know what pickups to put in here. Give me a call. Give me an email. Uh, I answer emails, calls pretty quickly. Um, or if you want to get a hold of me on the social medias, Brandon Wong Pickups. There you go. Boom. You can shoot me an email, Todd at theguitarnobs.com or DM me on Instagram. Uh, we love hearing your thoughts, your stories, um, and also send us your would you rathers like we read tonight from Jonathan Jerusik. So much obliged. We hope everybody really enjoyed this episode. Huge thanks to Jared and Tony and Eric for doing it with me tonight. And, uh, my pleasure. Make sure you go back and list, check out some of those episodes we referenced to everybody. And if you if you listened to this and ended up acting on it in some way, getting some piece of gear or whatever, for Pete's sake, share it with us so we know how this is going for everybody, okay? Have a fantastic guitar week and subscribe! Yeah. We're doing a thing in a, uh, what do you call it? Eric, my man. What's up? Nah, it's Jared. Okay. <laughs> it's Jared. It can't be me. It is you. Just have Todd somehow erase it. Oh, yeah. I'll just Photoshop it. <laughs> yeah. And I will take you there and beat you with a sock full of batteries if you don't shut it. What okay. kind of batteries? <laughs> right. With the thing. Come on. It was funny. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. We're not. No, that's no. <laughs> I got my, uh, whatchamacallit's on. Um, I was just trying to be funny. So. No, no, no. It's, uh, that didn't work. So we're going to, we're going to, um, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> what did they use on it back then? Uh, something. What's it called? Tony Baloney. It is funny. Dang it. Uh. Do, 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 do.
A little slower if you can stand it, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram, at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.